So this morning we begin to expand our field of kindness to uh, more unfamiliar places. And for me this is where the fun part starts. Because we, you know, somewhat familiar with wishing well for our friends, for our loved ones, for our puppies, for ourselves, right? Not so out of the ordinary, right? Extending friendliness and kindness to nearest and dearest. But the the emphasis on these teachings is how do we take that nestle of kindness and expand it, broaden it, really blow the lid off it so we feel that sense of uh, benevolence and kindness to anyone and everyone. And this is where we begin to stretch the muscle of the heart to uh, invite it to a broader uh, vision, broader capacity. So the stage that we'll include today is sometimes called the neutral person. I I like to call it the stranger because outside of our nearest and dearest and friends and colleagues, everybody else is is, is a relative stranger. And that includes the seven billion people outside of your nearest kith and kin. That's a lot of people. It's a lot of opportunities to cultivate uh, kindness and friendliness and love. So, and it's a very important part of the practice because when we're going about our day, most people that we're encountering, we don't know. You know, at work, on the bus, in our neighborhood, going out to the movie, whatever it is that you're doing, coming to Spirit Rock, most people are strangers. What is our attitude and relationship to those strangers? Is it indifference? Is it not even noticing? Is it um, fear-based? Unknown, therefore uncertain, therefore possibly threatening? Or can we have a quality of openness or warmth in our hearts to the vast swathe of humanity and, and, and life? So what's fun about this category is we invite you to choose someone, for example, on retreat or on staff here, someone who you might see every day, someone in your neighborhood, someone at your local store or post office or bus stop or somewhere where you see them regularly that you don't really know, don't really have strong feelings for or against. So that's the definition of the neutral person. We don't have strong feelings of liking or dislike. They're just neutral, just unknown to us. So what happens, and I know this is true for me and for others, um, I'll choose somebody on retreat, especially if I'm on a long retreat, I'll choose a staff person, someone in the kitchen, for example, I don't know. And I'll send meta to them. And in the beginning, it's like, "Mm, don't know them, don't feel much in the heart, but you know, just a general sort of benevolence. And then I might see them in the kitchen. I see them walking into the Dharma hall or something. And it's like, oh, there's my neutral person. And over time, you start falling in love with your neutral person. (laughs) (laughs) So you go back to the post office after a month of doing loving kindness, and suddenly, oh, it's your beloved behind the counter there. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> How have you been? <laughs> like, oh, who are you? 
So it's so it's it, what's interesting is people very quickly move from being neutral to suddenly you feel some some quality of care for them. And then if that happens, you can stay with them or you could find another stranger, another neutral person. Uh, and so you just keep widening your ambit of, of love. So we have to work a little harder at this section because because with their neutral, they don't have a lot of grab. So, so there's not a lot of um, traction or reaction. So it's harder to maintain a sense of them or a visual image or... Um, uh, sense of them, so we have to work a little more hard with the concentration to keep this person in mind and not let the the, the attention drift. Um, but it's also easier in that we don't have a lot of stories about them. How many st- stories have you had about your friends and loved ones and benefactors that you've been wishing metaphor, and half the time you've just been thinking about, oh, I wonder how they're doing. Did they move already? I wonder about that next week. Or how's their kids at college? I wonder how they're doing. Right? We get lost in a lot of stories. So this is very simple, just because we have a little data about them. So it's just a very simple, benevolent wish. And it and also brings this quality, the boundless quality, or the unconditional quality, in that when it's clear we're not expecting anything in return, because we may never ever say anything to this person. We may never even see them again. But we can tune into this capacity of love. So I just wanted to share a story, which I think is a great example of what happens when we bring mindf- you know, mindful presence to a person, a situation, and how the heart can be touched, and then we'll move into the practice. <clears throat> this is written by a taxi driver. He says, I arrive at the address and honk the horn. I wait for a few minutes and honk again. This was going to be my last ride of the shift. And I thought about just driving away, but instead I put the car in park and walked to the front door. It was close to midnight. Just a minute, answered a frail elderly voice. I could hear something being dragged across the floor. After a long pause, a door opened. A small woman in her 90s stood before me, wearing a print dress and pillbox hat. By her side was a small nylon suitcase. The apartment looked as if no one lived in it for years. Would you carry my bag to the car, she says. I took the suitcase to the cab and returned to assist the woman. She took my arm and we walked slowly towards the curb. She kept thanking me for my kindness. Oh, it's nothing, I told her. I just try to treat my passengers the way I want my mother to be treated. When we got in the cab, she gave me an address and then asked, could you drive through downtown on the way? I said, it's not the shortest way. And she answered quickly, oh, I don't mind. She said, I'm in no hurry. I'm on my way to hospice. I looked in the rearview mirror. Her eyes were glistening. I don't have any family left, she continued. The doctor says I don't have very long. I quietly reached over and shut off the meter. What route would you like me to take, I said. For the next two hours, we drove through the city. She showed me the building where she'd once worked as an elevator operator. She had me pull up in front of a furniture warehouse that had once been a ballroom where she had been dancing as a girl. She sometimes would ask me to slow in front of a particular building or corner and would sit staring into the darkness, saying nothing. As the first hint of sun was creasing the horizon, she said, I'm tired now, let's go. We drove in silence to the address she'd given me, a small convalescent home, the hospice. Two orderlies came out to the cab as soon as we pulled up and put the woman in a wheelchair. Almost without thinking, I bent over and gave her a hug. She held onto me tightly. You gave an old woman a little moment of joy, she said. Thank you. I squeezed her hand and walked into the dim morning light. 
Behind me a door shut. It was the sound of a closing of a life. I didn't pick up any passengers anymore that shift. I drove aimlessly lost in thought. For the rest of the day I could hardly talk. What if that woman had gotten an angry driver, or one who was impatient to end his shift? What if I'd refused to take the the, the run? On a quick review, I don't think I've done anything more important in my life. So very simple, when a heart is open and we meet a stranger in front of us, tremendous capacity for care, for love, compassion, for kindness. And what I like about that story is, you know, everybody has a life, everybody has a burden, and we don't know it from the outside. So we have to dig a little deeper into our hearts and feel that sense of kinship with this uh, one we don't know. So let's sit at ease, sensing your heart, sensing your tenderness. If there's tears, allowing the tears. If there's sniffles, allowing the sniffles. shed many a tear reading that story. It's always touching. And since there's a lot of tears and tenderness right now, just beginning the practice with ourselves. Holding ourselves with warmth, with care, with kindness. Touching our heart if that's helpful, reassuring ourselves that we're here, that we're an ally for ourselves. And before you even start the phrases, can you, can you attune to some sense of warmth or care or friendliness in the way that you are with yourself? And the phrases are just an expression of that warmth. And let the phrases arise slowly and meaningfully. Have some pause between phrases. I'll often say my phrase on an out-breath and then let the meaning, the sense of the phrase ripple in the body. May I feel safe. Taking a moment to sit, feel that sense of safety. May I feel safe. May I feel happy, peaceful. Mm. 
functioning body be healthy or as healthy as it's able to be. with ease. And I like to add the phrase, may I love and accept myself just as I am. May I love and accept myself just as I am. So in your own time, in your own words, Letting these phrases bathe you in kindness. Not looking to a particular emotion, simply gathering your attention over and over behind each wish, each aspiration.
And you may choose to continue holding yourself with this kind embrace, or including opening to whoever's easiest for you to open your heart to. Animal, loved one, teacher, someone who brings a smile to your face when you think of them, gladdens your heart. Sensing their goodness, good qualities, their wish to be happy. Just as I wish to be safe, may you too feel safe. May you feel healthy and strong, or as healthy as you're able to be. May you be happy, peaceful, Live your life with ease. So maintaining a strong sense of this person, this being, and their goodness as you say each phrase genuinely, sincerely. Slowly.
Calling into your heart a good friend, someone with whom there's an ease of connection with currently. Maybe the same person you've been working with, maybe a different person. Sensing them, visualizing them, sensing their goodness, good qualities. what it is you love about them. And extending your heart for wishes. May you too be safe and protected. Be happy and peaceful. May you feel healthy and strong, as healthy as you're able to be. May you live with ease in this life. Whatever your phrases are, being watchful of the tendency to get lost in thinking about them, staying very simple with phrases, warm-heartedness. And at times we get distracted, other people come into our minds, worries, concerns. And rather than thinking of those people coming into our attention as distractions, just simply wish them well. 
and then release them and come back to whoever person we're wishing for, in this case, a good friend. Turning your heart's attention to someone you don't know, stranger, someone neutral, somebody maybe here on the retreat or at Spirit Rock, or someone you see regularly in your life, work, your neighborhood. So taking some time to sense this person Visualize them, realize that they too, just like you, want to be happy, want to feel safe, want to feel love, free from pain. So holding them in your heart as much as you're able and extending the same benevolent, caring wish. May you too be safe and protected. May you feel happy and peaceful. May you be healthy, strong. May you live your life with ease. Whatever wishes you have. Making a little extra effort to stay connected to this person. I wish to be happy.
each time the attention wanders without judgment, just resuming the practice, calling this person into your mind, heart, and resume the phrases slowly, meaningfully. looking for or assuming any particular emotion, simply coming back to the power of this heartfelt wish. And then extending outwards to people sitting either side of you, who may also have started off on this retreat as strangers, now a little more familiar. everybody here on the retreat, those we know and those we don't know. May we all feel safe. Feel happiness and peace. Healthy and strong. And live with ease.
So as I said, this is a a really interesting part of the practice where we learn to grow the heart. In the beginning, it may feel it may feel a little neutral, <laughs> you know, because there's not a lot of you know, history or connection or tangibility or something juice. And so we have to. It's almost like we dig deeper into our heart's resources to see. Even though I don't know this person, may never see them again. May they be well. May they be free of pain. May they be okay. May they know love, because we all wish for the same happiness, well-being, for the most part. So, any. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org/donate.